0: Hello and welcome to Master Your Coaching Biz, a podcast for rising coaches and entrepreneurs who want to design the life of their dreams and make a massive impact on the world while building an inspired, successful, and profitable business. I'm your host, Cheryl Thacker, Master Board Certified Coach, Trainer, ICF Mentor Coach, International Speaker, and Founder of Successful Coaches Enterprise. I believe that every coach has a unique gift to present to the world, and I'm humbled that I've had the opportunity to work with hundreds of coaches and entrepreneurs on their journey to mastering their business. Join me each week as we explore all things coaching to master your business with tools, techniques, and strategies to create and market your products, get visible, make an impact, and grow your business. Listen in on interviews with leading coaches and entrepreneurs sharing their stories and best tips to teach, inspire, and empower you. Observe coaching sessions, participate in Q&A, and learn how to master your mindset to enhance your coaching skills. Are you ready to build the life and business of your dreams while doing what you love? Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of Master Your Coaching Biz, the podcast. I'm really excited today. We have a little bit of a different type of guest with us today. We have Diana Patton, and she is a confidence, diversity, and inclusion expert. She's also the founder of Rise Advocates Academy, um, a social justice advocate, and a civil rights attorney. So welcome, Diana. I'm so excited that you're here with us today.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your journey. You have
1: quite a few roles here. Yeah. Yeah. Those are titles, right? I have, they all roll up into the same thing. Helping women become confident really is the end of the thing and beginning and end of it all, really, because I am that woman who has always wanted to have someone like me in their corner, really seeing them, valuing them, appreciating them for who they are as an individual and every single thing that we bring to the table, I come up through I came up through the corporate world and as a person straight out of college I use I'm a former track runner so in college I've always had this mindset of competition and really being the best but really not being set up that way coming from a family that was pretty abusive it was really challenging growing up I had a white dad a, a black mom and in the late 70s I think your listeners could probably say if they're about my age, post fifty, they can go, "Well, that had to been a rough time." I would say, "Yes." (laughs) So, (laughs) I've all and I'm being number six of seven. You know, your coaches probably ask those questions about like where were you in your childhood, right? So I'm number six of seven. So I spent a lot of time observing with five older sisters, and it had played well for me because by the time I got to college, I was really the type of person who watched a lot of things. But what I did know was I wanted someone like me always, right? I've always was searching for someone like me because I always felt deep inside of myself that I was somebody. I deserve to be seen. I deserve to be heard. I deserve to be valued. And I've always carried that with me. But now we have language that we can wrap around that, like inclusion, like equity, like social justice, like attorney. So for me, those titles are just titles. They're the embodiment of who I am and how I walk this earth. And so I get the pleasure and the honor to help women do that through my academy. But then I also show up quite boldly with organizations, with my own methodology on how we can be inclusive and and equitable
0: yeah I love that. I really do love that. And I love that, um you know, sometimes coaches, especially new coaches, don't feel like they have a voice, don't feel like don't feel confident, right? There's that imposter syndrome. They don't feel confident in putting their voice out there even if they feel like they have one. So I think that's really important is that you know, we talk about advocacy as coaches that help other coaches like myself, we definitely try to, advocate for them and have them self advocate but uh we don't use this language or this framework that I'm kind of sensing from you and we don't have also don't talk about like the background like you said I'm I'm plus 50 and definitely can relate to not that you know that there were struggles then that that are not here now or at least not as obvious now and mm-hmm.
1: so um <laughs> so they're, they're, here. <laughs> yeah. they're here they're here yeah, well, I would I would say a lot of people who deal with their past, that deal with their childhood, because studies in neuroscience and all the studies that have a lot to do with trauma, right? We now know most of us are operating out of our first seven years of life, first eight years of life, right? That's just something that was neatly held within the psychological kind of studies, but- We all like if you study the mind and study the thoughts and study the way that we approach our work, the way that we approach our families, the way we approach our own connection with ourselves. Most of us are disconnected with our own selves. So it's hard for us to show up boldly and confidently because we don't even know ourselves. And we're spending so much time relying upon the affirmation of others that we can't really be confident. So we think we're imposters because. We haven't we don't have a good relationship with ourselves. That's where I think the imposter syndrome, the lack of confidence comes from. And we don't keep the commitments that we make to our own selves. How do we expect other people to make commitments to us? Right. Yeah. So I think it's it's just it lines up that way. And so as a result, people really feel disjointed in life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So what would you say? Just kind of going back to the imposter syndrome. I liked how I like how you how you frame that. So what would you say to a coach that, uh, or a consultant who came to you and said, "You know, I'm not, I'm not feeling like I belong here. I'm not feeling like I should be here," and then you yes. just see that there's not that confidence and that they kind of have that imposter syndrome.
1: Well, the one thing that I believe is at the root, um, because everything is at the root, right? I think a lot of people. I just am a big advocate for a therapy. There is a difference between coaching business coaching, personal life development coaching, Mm -hmm. and therapy as it relates to trauma. So I'm an advocate of what is at the root and how was your childhood? So sometimes I wouldn't ask this right away, but I think the first thing out and out I would ask, like, who are you behind the scenes? Like, how do you show up to your, in your life? Because see, I believe how you do everything is how you do everything. So how do you show up in your personal life? How do you show up for yourself? Do you follow through on the commitments you make to yourself? And then the other key question is, are you the same person? I mean, how deeply, how wide is the person you are behind the scenes to the person you are in front of other people? Because some people are two totally different people, right? Yeah. They got this, oh, I'm at my, my business side and my personal side. and Did decide. I'm like, you got to close that gap, baby girl. I talk to women all the time. I'm like, listen, (laughs) we have to close the gap of our identity. Now, I am not the author of that. Dr. Joe Dispenza, who wrote the book Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, How to Lose Your Mind and Gain a New One, he talked about that identity gap that we have an identity gap. I believe at the root of that identity gap is. Um, why we are unable to show up with confidence with this, who I should be, where I should be. I don't know if I'm right or wrong. I, I, if this person likes me, doesn't like me, and all the things that go on in our head. Yeah. Right. So we, we have these narratives that we have in our head. And at the root of that large identity gap is shame, right? Guilt, unforgiveness, a lot of the blaming that we have for our circumstances. And so I really feel we have to deal with that. And we all, your coaches likely know Brene Brown, right? We, thankfully, because of her research, we've learned the connection between vulnerability and shame, the ability to own your story. All of those are wrapped up into one's ability to know where they should be and having meaning in their life, right? Yeah. A huge difference.
0: Yeah. So what what is the difference between kind of being committed to that, like having, yeah. I think a lot of people have
1: interests. And what I mean by that is that interests me. And they'll say things like, uh, I I really want to do that. But what they're holding is an interest, meaning like, I'll do it when I want. If it's not convenient, I won't do it. And I just, I'm going to dabble in this. Right. And I think Most people, and I'll say it not think, I know a lot of people aren't committed to their goals. They're not committed to their life purpose. They're not committed to themselves. They're not committed to their life mission and their work. Because when you're committed, you say, I'm going to do it no matter what. Yes, I am realizing I only had five hours of sleep this one night, but I'm still going to get to my Uh, 6 a.m. workout because I said I was going to do that. And then I will try to catch up, you know, to, you know, get my sleep back regulated because I'm not advocating that we don't sleep well. But Mm -hmm. commitment, I believe, and I wrote in my book, Inspiration in My Shoes, I have a chapter that's called Commitment Just Does. Commitment shows up when no one else does. Commitment oftentimes can be a lonely place because you are the one who's relying upon you to do it. I'm not saying that it doesn't take other people to reach a goal, but you have to realize you're the one who has to draw the line in the sand. You're the one who has to say, I'm going to do it and I'm going to be consistent with it. I'm going to see it to the end. I am going to be committed and show up for me, right? Because when your workout partner doesn't show up or your business partner doesn't show up, who's going to be, who's to blame, right? Because oftentimes, Lack of commitment are people who aren't able to be successful in their own lives. So your coaches, I'm certain, are committed to themselves first and then being committed to other people. It has to be in that order. Um, Otherwise, you will lose hope, resiliency, and the ability to see your vision forward if you don't have that, that, that line the correct way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think sometimes they, we get it backwards. Yeah. And so it's it's good to hear that that reinforcement that we really need to do for ourselves first, commit to ourselves and what we want to accomplish, and then we're able to help other people. Yeah. I think if you don't do that first, then it it becomes um, very difficult to help others, and at least successfully, right? Like we want our clients to be successful in you know in whatever we help them with. And so that comes from us being committed to ourselves first and then our clients. So I, I believe
1: also it's a good example. I'm a mom, you know. It's one of the best jobs I have ever had, and I am. An, I have an example to my daughter, to my son, that when I would come home, I had a corporate job, I was working eight to five, and I said, "Okay, Mama needs to go for a quick run, right? Because I had fifteen. Give mommy some time to decompress, mm-hmm. and I can talk to you, right? Um, and I think." a lot of, because a lot of people struggle with how do I balance that out? I don't have time for myself. I've got kids. I have a job. Well, you better find time for yourself or you're going to lose it. (laughs) You are going to, because there's absolutely no one that I know of who doesn't fill themselves up first. There's often a burnout period and there's often a big decline. And a cliff that we drop off in our minds, you know, like, I just can't handle this anymore. And some of us quietly quit. Some of us quietly quit our lives. That's an actual terminology in the workplace is people quietly quitting.
0: They just say, whatever, I'm just going to show up, you know, yeah. and that's not real living. And that's actually a, something that I, I just, I was just reading about that on LinkedIn, actually, that that actually has grown the, the quietly quitting yes, um, it during since COVID. So yeah, oh. that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, so tell me what, what does that commitment for yourself? You give us a couple examples. Um, as a mom, what other ways can you give us as examples that you're committed to yourself? What does that look like? I am committed
1: Well, to myself. I'm committed to my own physical health. I am making certain that I eat well, that I have my workouts every morning. I'm committed to my spiritual health because it's my number one value. I am unapologetic about my spiritual relationship to God and to, I'm a Christ follower. And I say that unapologetically because I don't want anyone else to feel like they have to douse down their spiritual life so that other people don't feel uncomfortable around them. And I am committed to my relationships, you know, to my relationship to me first and my affirmations and my mission and my purpose and to my morning routine. As I am committed to my relationships, I've been with the same man for uh, 25 years. I have a contract with this man, and sometimes he gets on my last nerve. But <laughs> you know what? And I, de- and I get on his. But yeah. what I am doing is I'm committed to him. I'm committed to working it out. I'm committed to seeing myself in this relationship. I am committed to that. I am committed to my financial goals. I want to accumulate wealth. And I am unapologetic apologetic about that. So therefore, I got to make certain that as an entrepreneur, I got my sales right. I got to make certain my expenses are low. I can't be doing everything. So commitment is to my wealth, to my finances, to my relationships, to my family, but most importantly, to myself. So therefore, I can be the most bold, confident woman because I'm not looking for people's affirmation of me, except for the ones in my small circle. Yeah, right. Because otherwise someone look at me crazy and I'm at a speaking engagement, I might clam up. But I know people are going to look at me crazy because guess what? I am crazy. And I love it. (laughs) I love being crazy. I love being myself. I love every single aspect of me. You know, I love, and that's something that we have got to grow into love of yourself. It's not conceited. But them, he's like, well, I don't want to love myself because I don't want people to think I'm Fill in the blank. Well, most people that, that are narcissistic or thinking of it, they don't think like that. <laughs> they just go right. ahead and do it, right? So
0: if you're thinking that,
1: don't worry,
0: you're not that.
1: <laughs> Great. I
0: love that. That's and that's that's important, and I think that makes us, you know, it's it's in it makes us uh, bold, right? It makes us yeah. be able to to be able to go out there and not worry about what other people are thinking and doing what we want to do, but also. Uh, Of course, taking into consideration what's going to help others. But I I talk a lot about being bold as a coach. I think it's really important. And I I love that we can grow that confidence and we can really make that commitment to ourselves in order to help us be bold. Yes, absolutely. And I'm a big advocate of serving and
1: mentoring. So when I'm out serving, because again, I started this conversation was because I am one to be the adult version of what I wanted when I was young. So for me, keeping at the center of myself is young girl, Diana, young girl, Diana did not have a bold, confident, self-aware, emotionally intelligent, spiritually filled, completely excited about life, joyful, meaningful, purposeful Diana. There was no, like, I need to make certain that that person is, is, is a reflection of who I wanted, but then giving it back. And not depending upon a young girl to, to satisfy something that I wanted for me to like live up to these expectations, but to be that person, be the embodiment of that person and give it away freely. No expectation in return, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think that's what real service and what real mentoring is. And that's actually a part of my academy. That's module eight, a part of my academy. I talk about that a lot.
0: And I like how you, you know, you're kind of you're speaking up for yourself and everything that you've said uh, so far. So I love that. And, and again, I think it's something that sometimes we don't do as coaches. So, what exactly does learning how to speak to yourself mean? Well, first of all, you have to know what you're speaking to yourself,
1: right? I think a lot of people haven't spent time understanding what narratives are looping in the subconscious part of your mind, your mind right? It's it's important for us to know. The conversations we have with ourselves. And there's several books that talk about that. You know, one of them, the books is What to Say. And I'm pulling, I'm actually pulling this out because I keep this book handy. What to say when you talk to yourself by Shad Helmstetter. That's a great book. It's an oldie but goodie, but it really helps you understand, like, well, what am I saying to myself? So you have to start to 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 identify an emotional intelligence, book by Travis Bradbury and Gene Graves talks about self-awareness, right? That's the first quadrant of becoming emotionally intelligent. You can't be in good relationship with people if you're not self-aware of yourself, right? You've got to understand your triggers. You've got to understand what is at the base of who you are and why do you show up like that? You know, it's Simon Sinek, start with why. Why do I do that? So I really feel often we've got to ask those questions of ourselves. Then, because we get to create the life that we want. We get to define a new set of narrative, right? And these new set of narratives get to be what we say to ourselves. Amazing. Can you just mention the two books again? So What to Say When You Talk to Yourself by Shad Hel- Helmstetter is one book I mentioned. The other book is Emotional Intelligence mm. uh, by Travis uh, Bradbury and Jean Graves. And then I mentioned a third book, which is Start With Why by Simon Sinek. Okay, awesome. I am a book reader and I believe yeah. readers, leaders are readers, right? And as a coach, it's important for us to constant, I'm, my goal is to read a book a week. That's my goal is to read a book a week because I want to constantly learn, right? We have to have that what growth mindset, right? Yeah. That we constantly have to have. So,
0: yeah, awesome. I agree. And I'm a big fan of emotional intelligence. I, as soon as I heard about emotional intelligence, uh, I went out, got a certification, learned everything I could about it and now teach it to other people. So yeah, I'm, I'm a big proponent of really finding out where you are with emotional intelligence and growing it as much as you can. Uh, And reading is like you said, a a really important way to learn more about ourselves and, and to grow just individually. Yeah. So one of the things that that you mentioned before we went on here is your daily routine. What or does how does having a daily routine or daily practice play into the role of success?
1: Well, most of the people that are successful, you will read about their autobiographies that they do have a morning practice. Right? I really believe and I and I'm not saying that you can't be successful, without a morning routine. But I do believe that, and I'm just reaching here, that the, the book called The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod is such a great book because it really helps people understand the importance of having a morning routine. We, and let me just speak to biology real quickly. We are creatures of habit. We are people who, we, we, our brains and our minds and our heart, everything's on this circadian rhythm. There are certain habits and patterns that we have in our hearts on that. I mean, it's on a rhythm, right? And so we having a routine that's filled with visualization, filled with reciting affirmation, filled with exercise and getting the heart moving, filled with uh, journaling, with prayer, with meditation, all of those things are amazing routines to get into right? Because then you can see yourself visualizing your goals. How do I visualize my goal, but then stay in the present moment, right? Because it's important for us to stay in the present moment. That comes from getting into certain habits and routines that will help you be successful. And I talk about that a lot with my clients is having a routine, having a morning routine, preferably before you start your day, (laughs) is (laughs) critical, you know, it's critical. I just, you can, I feel like I can always tell people who just got out of bed and went to work. I mean, cause you have to have a time for you to connect with yourself mm-hmm. and then, and then proceed.
0: I agree. Then it's actually something that we train. I also do some training for, for coaches and certification. And it's actually one of our modules is to create your morning routine. Cause I firmly believe, like you said, it's, it's the foundation. It's what sets our day, sets the tone. It's where we can do the most work for our our mindset and our heart work, like without rushing into our day and dealing with everybody else. First, we're dealing with ourselves and we're, yeah, we're setting that foundation for the day. So I love that. So this has been great. I love this. I think everybody listening, we have lots of information here for you and some things to take action on. What would be kind of a final word or piece of advice that you would have? for a relatively new coach?
1: I think every coach needs a coach. I think every coach needs a therapist. And I don't think that's just for, oh, I'll do it for the next four weeks. I think it needs to be a lifetime. And I think we also need to keep ourselves right sized to knowing that we are no better than anyone else, that we are all works of progress. And of course I know you have a program but I would be remiss if I don't talk about mine which is the Rise Advocates Academy which is an 8 week program where we certify women to become rise advocates and to be the embodiment of what I was just mentioning to throughout this whole podcast right Yeah and um also in what is it June and to timestamp this right so and June 15th of 2023 We will be launching in Toledo, Ohio, the All Rise Live Global Summit, which is a summary, only two and a half days, of what we teach in our academy to help women understand how to take their visions and speak them to power. So I believe we all, as coaches, need to have a coach. We need to be in masterminds. We need to have therapists. We, I, you know, being a former division one college athlete, I know the importance of coaching and have not stopped. I've always had a coach. I always have, well, now I have a therapist. I'm so, I'm, I'm wiser now. And I realize (laughs) therapy is important.
0: That's what I would say. Yeah. Awesome. And I love that. That's, that's perfect. And the website, uh, your website that people can go to, to see a little bit more about that program.
1: Yeah. It's RISE, R-I-S-E, Advocates dot com. Very simple, riseadvocates.com. And we our next course, if you go there right now, it'll say, I just realized it'll say January the 4th, we're launching. We're currently in a cohort right now. And our next cohort begins in March. We're putting a waiting list up and you'll be able to join that waiting list. And our classes fill fast. Mm -hmm. So I want to encourage folks by the time that this podcast is live, folks will be able to sign up real quickly. And I don't know, the the window won't close until the first week of March.
0: Okay, awesome. So all this will be in our show notes, obviously the links. And then also for those that are listening after our release of this episode, I'm assuming that they'll be able to go there and they'll see kind of information of when to the next one is or if they should need to get onto a waiting list. So I definitely um, encourage you to check out Diana's Website and her program. And again, we'll have the link and also ways that you can contact Diana in our show notes. Thank you so much, Diana, for joining us today. I've really had a great time and definitely learned so much. And thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. All right. See you guys later. Bye bye. Thank you so much for listening in today. I'm so glad we got to spend this time together. If you love today's show, please consider leaving me a review on the Apple podcast app so other coaches can find the podcast. For more information about me, visit SuccessfulCoaches.com. For daily inspiration and affirmations, follow me on Instagram at Coach Cheryl Thacker. Be sure to send me a DM so I can say hello. Until next time, to your success.